Welcome to The Daily Dose. This is Helmut Lucero Domogolski. We are so excited today to be bringing you a dose of Georgia equality with our very good friend Christian, who's going to be joining us. I have to tell you, we have some really important political events to review. We're also going to raise up Ms. Senator Kim Jackson. This episode, like every episode, is brought to you by AHF, the greatest place to get taken care of for all of your gay healthcare needs. Check them out at ahf.org. I also will ask you, dolls, if you are listening, if you are watching us, like us, subscribe to us. It would mean the world to me if you did. We are so excited. Let's dive on in. Hey doll, it's the Gaily Dose, a group of gay men who have fun, elevated conversation to build a deeper sense of community in our gay world. Check us out at thegaylydose.com or at the Gaily Dose Pod on all social media. Girl, you better come get your Gaily Dose. Oh, girl, turn that down. Queerant Events is on. Hey dolls, so today's Queerant Events is brought to you as every week by Joining Hearts. Join the family, join the fight, help the community here in Atlanta by getting engaged with joininghearts.org. We are doing a little current events with you, Mr. Christian. So glad that you're here. Um, And our dolls who who may not, um, actually I think we introduce you later on in our later segment, you're gonna learn all about Christian. But Christian has a very important perspective on a lot of different items because of his involvement with Georgia Equality. So I thought we'd start off by just pitching out, um, there's a recent um, development, uh, Atlantans and Georgians, um, around the Don't Say Gay bill as it was being created in committee here in Georgia. What happened with that? Um, So Crossover Day was uh, the 14th of March, and the good news is if certain things don't make uh, make it through or they come in too late, they die. And we're happy to say that uh, SB 613, the Don't Say Gay Bill, died. Now what that does mean is that some of that language can be, you know, disseminated into other bills, but the good news, and we're going to focus on the positive, is that that bill is no longer a problem, at least not this year. So does that mean that, like that can come up again this year or can it come up again next year? Like what's the risk there? Um, it can definitely come up again next year in the legislative session, which it often does and probably will. Um, it can also, like I said, some of that language can be taken out and put into other uh, amendments to other bills. Um, and that's really what we're looking out for. But like I said, the good news is that the bill as a whole, whereas you know we can't use gay or LGBTQ uh, language and talk about this in schools has essentially died. Yeah. Now that was, was that also, were they working around the age group? Was it also going to be small children? I think it was going to be up until third grade. Um, But we see a lot more people, uh, especially nowadays, who have, you know, two moms or two dads. And this was going to affect that type of stuff as well. Yeah, no, I know. And as a parent, I have to say, and I've said this before, you know, if I had a gay child or a trans child at that age, and they're not comfortable talking to me about it, I sure as hell would want them, now that I can see uh, better, I would want them to be able to talk to someone else besides me about it. So important, and so important for our queer youth. So I'm glad that that was uh, accomplished. I'm sure there's a lot of work you all had involved with that. Um, As well, we were gonna talk about Leah Thompson. So um, a uh, transgender uh, female, who I think in her freshman year came out at University of Pennsylvania and um, just couldn't help it, just had to identify herself as who she truly was. 
um, went through a year. I believe they gave her a year to go through hormone therapy, and she is killing it in some of her um, some of her her uh, competitions. Um, she hasn't like done better than other women have previously, um, but she's done well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, on a personal note, like we love Leah. We communicate with her on a regular basis. Um, I was at the Capitol the other day, and her mother was like, hey, I'm Leah's mom. And I was like, who? And then I was like, oh, my God, this, yes, you're Leah's mom. Um, so I think Leah's currently like um, here in town right now um, from winning so many things and doing all the wonderful it's things. It's St. Patty's Day, by the way, that we're recording on St. Patty's Day. So she yeah. ain't in town. She ain't in town, right? <laughs> she, she's, she was in town, let me say. Um, but yeah, um, and once again, like a voice for our community so just on a personal note um amazing person that's awesome i think um i think it's a very hard position to be in there's some really good articles that are out there about her story that i encourage you to read because and we'll have the links available for you um, mostly because it's a really really hard issue right now the trans issue and how people are feeling about that across the country and i'd say honestly as just a human it's okay to be curious and try to understand, but we need to do it with open minds, which brings us to our final point of news for today, which is really around the bills that did pass, or at least co uh, committee uh, here in Georgia. Can you educate our, our listeners a little bit around that? Yeah, so um, some of our anti, one anti-trans legislation that, that did pass the Senate was um, SB 435, which is the, um, uh, the bill that won't allow trans girls to play sports in school. Um, is that all ages? So it's, uh, I want to say up until 12th, but they've refined the bill and it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, specifically with private schools, and I could be wrong on that because the language has changed a little bit, but um, it, it is until 12th grade. Um, and it's problematic because number one, it's not founded in any kind of scientific truth, right? Um, it's based off of the idea that men are superior at sports. And we know that not to be true um, <laughs> on, on either side. Um, so yeah, that's, that's number one why it's problematic. But on another note, um, when you're talking about sports and mental health, they align very closely, right? Taking, taking someone's ability away to number one exercise, but also to be a part of a team. Um, and be a team player and not feel different, but feel like they're committing, uh, contributing to a team is really important. And when you take that away from someone where they don't feel comfortable in a, a, you know, a men's bathroom as they identify as a woman, and nor should they, and they're not allowed to play with their female counterparts, then you're taking that away from them. Yeah, I, you know, I think that there's such a, such a hard lesson for the straight and ununderstanding community to take a real look in the mirror and understand what would it be like if you just didn't see yourself as who you are. You know, to really step inside of those shoes and sit for a minute with that and realize that you're telling a young, a young girl or a young boy who doesn't identify that way but identifies differently that they can't be who they are. That's a pretty brutal thing to do to a young person. And I really honestly, yeah, I'm a little bit odd. I don't care about sports that much that I would steal that away from someone. So I am, I'm saddened to hear that. Um, but I think we have plenty of work to do, we do. Um, to continue to educate our communities on what it means to be a member of this rainbow community and how much and how important children's lives are to us um, because they're precious and, um, and each of us, each of us, even us straight people, um, each of us are wonderfully, beautifully made and often misunderstood. 
So your fight continues. Um, that was a bit of Queerant Events, and we're so glad you were able to join us and give us some perspective. Thank you. We know it took some time, but we got your human heart on. Hey dolls, we are so excited to bring you this week's human heart on, which is Senator Kim Jackson. Yes, Senator, we are so proud of you. Today we want to uh, raise you up, lift you up as our very first openly gay senator from the beautiful state of Georgia. Senator Kim Jackson is everything. This is Senator Kim Jackson of the uh, 41st District. If you're not sure, that's Clarkson, that's Lithonia. I think that's parts of Decatur. But Kim Jackson is everything, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, in legislative session this year, Kim stood up proudly and advocated for trans rights, for LGBTQ rights. Kim is not afraid to say what is right for the community. And then... Above all else, Kim will then come back to Georgia Equality and tell us all the wonderful things that we need to know to be successful. This is why I love you, Kim. You are a boss. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, that is a beautiful thing because she is a woman on the inside who is showing her light to the outside. We'll also say, you may not know that Kim is actually also a Episcopal priest, right? Yes, Which ordained. is this beautiful intersection of Christ-believing, right, God-believing, and gay, and fueling her energies towards the good of others. And she's actually the first person of color who is designated by her diocese as a priest, which is also quite a landmark. We are so proud of you, Kim. We can't wait to have you on the show. We will have, we've got you scheduled. Um, we are so proud of you. We wish you and your wife over in Stone Mountain the very, very best and are so proud to lift you up today on Human Heart On. Let's zoom into that doll and double click. Hey dolls, so for today's double click, I wanna talk about the highest love language. So um, if you're very familiar at all with the five love languages, they're sort of the different love languages of how you hear or listen to love. Those I think were things like touch, words of affirmation, those kinds of things. You may have heard of that before. Um, the concept that honesty is the highest form of love language though, that's a really, really brilliant and real truth. Um, and it's something that I've pondered a lot over the last three months, actually, at least three months. And if you think about it, when you're very, very honest with yourself first, sometimes we aren't honest with ourselves. We've talked about being a victim. We've talked about different aspects where we don't want to see or own who we are. But sometimes just seeing yourself and really sitting back and asking yourself, honestly, why am I doing this? Why am I seeking this? Why am I pursuing this? Um, as a queer person, you have a unique ability to take those moments away from a lot of the things that society puts on you and ask yourself, who are you? And why are you doing what you're doing? But when you think about that, that's going to be the only place that you're going to be able to find self-love is honesty with yourself. And some of us come by it easier than others. The second area that you're going to find honesty to be key in is in your relationship with others. And this is an area we're also often very scared of. We're often very scared to be known by others. We shield ourselves. We've been hurt. We've been molested. We've been 
uh, abused, we've been whatever form, whether it's emotional or physical, um, there are things that you've gone through in life that make you afraid to share who you are with other people. And I'm not saying to just be honest with anyone and everyone, but as you're pursuing friendships, as you're pursuing lovers, as you're pursuing people that you want to invest your time and energy into, I would encourage you that honesty is the highest form of love that you can give someone else. Sometimes she ain't pretty. Sometimes honesty is just what it is. You know what? I said this thing because I was jealous of you and I was jealous of who you are in this aspect. It can kind of sound brutal. But for a very good friend, it's not bad at all. In fact, they're really going to appreciate your honesty. And those people who can appreciate the honest you, who you are, are people to walk forward with. And if they aren't able to, you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, is there something I should think about changing about this? Or is it just a friend that I need to move on from? I think that in life, it's very, very special to be known by other people. It's a very safe place to be known by other people. And we all are deserving of love from other people that is honest and real. And once you get honesty, then you can go from everywhere from there. You can correct people, you can encourage people, you can enlighten people. But don't let fear get the best of you. Because at the end of the day, it's fear that keeps you often from being honest. I will tell you right now, at this side of 40, that fear Fear isn't all it's cracked up to be. In fact, it's often limited people so much and they look into the sunset of their lives and they're left without that honesty with themselves or with others. If you're listening to this message, you have a one-up because you are being given wisdom that doesn't just come from me. It comes from many other people that I've talked and learned and listened to. So my encouragement to you is to be honest, brutally honest with yourself and with those you love, and you'll be more known, and you will be more loved. Have you heard of AHF? AHF is a global nonprofit that provides cutting-edge medicine and advocacy to people everywhere. Regardless of your socioeconomic standing, they provide services that help our communities, such as free STD testing. With your support, 96 cents of every dollar earned at their pharmacy goes towards helping HIV and AIDS medical services everywhere. If you want to find out more, go to ahf.org or hivcare.org today. A dose of Georgia equality. Hey dolls, so we are, as I said, so excited to bring you a dose of Georgia equality with Mr. Christian Dacus. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Yes. Doing well, yes. Doing well. We are so happy to have you today. I'm happy you are having me today. We are. I, I have to tell you something. So we did, when, if you were to ask any of the guys about when I started doing the Gaily Dose, I was highly uncomfortable talking about politics. And that's because I felt like there were parts of me that I wasn't highly comfortable with at all. And as I walked through all those different episodes, I came to the realization of how important having a position about our treatment as a sector of society is for any of us. And um, I knew that when I got on video and got us some YouTube going, I would have Georgia Equality on because I believe so much in what you all are doing. Before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let our dolls know who you are. Absolutely. Um, thank you. And, and yeah, so um, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Christian Dacus. Um, you know, young, black, gay entrepreneur. Group. Handsome. Single? <laughs> Handsome. Not single. Oh, 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 oh. 
okay. Not okay. anymore. Somebody took that off the market. Yes, <laughs> they did. Um, but yeah, um, you know, my journey is is just that. It's my journey. Everyone has their journey. Um, I grew up here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, was able to travel the world and lived some of everywhere. Um, found some roots in New York. And to be honest with you, it wasn't until I got into my 20s that I really started to figure out who I was. And that's that's kind of where I ended up at Georgia Quality. And, you know, I'll share that that long. I left out a good gap in between those things. Yes. But, um, yeah, it, it was my journey. You know, I feel like you first find out who you are in your community and then you find out who you are in the world. And so um, this is my journey of finding out who I am now to the world, what my purpose is. Yeah. So and you. Um, just curious, did you know you were gay young? Did you come out younger? Like, how was that? Absolutely. Um, so I won't say that I knew I was gay young. I knew that I was different young. And I, I put this in the context for so many people, especially when it comes to um, when someone is forced to come out of the closet, I feel like you cannot force someone to come out until they know that they're ready to come out. And the reason behind that is if you're not sexually active, you're not a gay male, you're not a straight male, you're a person, right? So I feel like uh, I knew that I was different. And of course, you know, kids tease and they, they do things. It wasn't until I really got into my sexuality that I realized, okay, I like men, right? At least most of the time. Because <laughs> sexuality is fluid. I tell it is. All the time. It is. Um, but as far as becoming a gay activist and advocate, I was not there yet. Okay. When did that happen to you? Um, that didn't happen until my late 20s, okay. my mid to late 20s, which I'll say is later than some, but it's also earlier than a lot of people as well. Yeah, but you know what? That's the beauty of it, right? It doesn't matter when you arrive. What matters is that you arrived, right? And so that is a joy in and of itself. Tell us a little bit about Georgia Equality and what your organization does. Absolutely. So Georgia Equality is, I like to call the LGBTQIA plus hub of Georgia. Um, it is based here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, but I say that to say that we serve all Georgians, um, not just Atlanta. Atlanta has been known as like the gay mecca and all of these things, but Georgia Quality is, is there for all of Georgia. And what we do is we work in several, uh, in two main different avenues. We have a C3 side, a 501C3 is a nonpartisan um, civic engagement side. We get people registered to vote. We educate the community about uh, HIV, um, advocacy, about um, you know trans and LGBTQ rights. The other component is the Equality Foundation of Georgia, which is uh, the 501c4 component. And this is where we actually uh, work with candidates, um, having representation. And what you mentioned before was very important. When you talk about politics, and one of the reasons you may have been afraid to talk about politics is because we rarely see gay representation in politics. Um, one of Georgia Quality's main goals is to make our politics look like us. And if you are a, a person that is advocating for queer and, and gay rights, you should have politicians in office, elected officials who work for us, who have those same values. I agree. And you know, I um, there's a recent study that shows that Gen Z, I think, is in the 20% of them identify as being part of the gay community at large. And um, by the way, I replace all the letters by just saying gay, which I know some people use queer. It's a lot you know, of letters. It is a lot of letters. <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of, um, that just tells us kind of where our numbers are. In, and then you have on top of that, all women, all people of color, 
all straight male allies, right, that really form the community that we are. And so seeing these people, as you all have helped place them in those places, they're like little bright lights. Yeah. I mean, to me, they are yeah. in terms of representation, leadership, and really fighting for what we all need, all those peoples. Uh, I've never found a queer person who didn't fight for women, people of color, because there's a great level of understanding that a gay candidate has about the plights of others. Yeah, it's those marginalized communities, um, those disenfranchised communities that I feel like you can understand. Um, you know, being, a, a, being that we live in a cis, white male-driven society, um, it's hard to see anything outside of that when you are a part of that community. But when you come from a person of color, um, LGBTQ, woman, any other disenfranchised community, um, it's easier to see, like you said, the plight of others and, yeah. and understand that it takes all, all types. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about, because um, I think it's a beautiful thing, being a member of Georgia Equality, being a black gay man, you're also sort of a face of change for the organization. Um, absolutely. Um, so, like I said, Georgia Equality has, has, has been there for years um, as, a, as a hub and a center for um, LGBTQ rights. Um, it's very important to recognize that LGBTQ rights and POC, people of color, um, identifying folks, and black folks specifically, um, although those things are intersect at times, they are very different. Um, and I say that to say, in the society that we currently live in, a white person identifying as queer can get a lot more accomplished for the queer community than a black person identifying as queer. And I say that to say, when you walk into a room, your color leads. The first thing that you see about a person is their color. Um, I love that Georgia Equality is now, um, in the grand scheme of things, um, becoming very forward-facing in their uh, support of people of color. Um, everything from the voter registration aspect that we do um, to you know, the, the politics and putting people into office who look like the community that they serve. Uh, we love Atlanta, Atlanta's super gay, but it's also super black and, and mixed race and has all of these different facets. So yeah, um, now our, our Georgia quality is reflecting what that community looks like. Yeah, which I think is beautiful. I have to say, we had this discussion earlier when we were kind of pre-gaming a bit. I think it's very challenging as a I obviously have a mix of Latin, Native American, German, German in me, but I, um, I obviously am white passing, look like a white dude. Um, and it is interesting because as there are some white people that have helped also pave a way to make sure that there are safe spaces for black people and for them to be raised up. And it's so hard because you can't tell which of us are which. And I always struggle because I have some friends of mine who are like, man, I just, I, they really have done the work. They've done the hard work. They're like, I'm, I'm ready, right? I'm ready to be past it. But some of us aren't, yeah. right? And so it's, it's a hard thing. But I'm glad that I, and I feel like this, I could be wrong, but I feel like post-pandemic, that sensitivity and that lifting up of people of color is increased. It's moved the right direction. We just need to keep, it see, keep seeing it move. Yeah, no, and I 100% agree. It is definitely moving in the right direction. We do have allies. Um, I, 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 every, every group needs allies, right? Um, every disenfranchised, every marginalized community um, has allies. And, and like you said, yes, you cannot tell 
one yeah. agenda from another one, yeah. and it's hard. And this is why I feel like policy and politics are so important. This is the importance behind voting, right? It's not necessarily about what the person looks like. It's those values, yeah. those values that they hold. Um, putting, putting people into office, elected officials who who do have that same mindset of we need to uplift people of color and, and marginalized communities yeah. is important. You know, I have to say um, one thing that I was fatigued by, I am fatigued by, and I think that many, many people are fatigued by in this country is politicians who we don't know, right? It is so refreshing. And that's one reason that Trump has done well, because he, whether you liked him or didn't like him, we you knew what him. he is, yeah. right? And I um, I feel like Georgia Equality and with the queer community specifically, queer people have gone through some shit, yeah. okay? And they don't have time to not be honest. We just don't. I mean, you know what? I like dick. Okay, move on, <laughs> right? Or I have a challenge with some depression in uh, seasonal depression. Or I have gay people generally tend to be much more quick to the point of really saying what's going on. Yep. And I've seen that in our politicians that many, uh, many here in Georgia, which is refreshing because you know what you're getting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, the general climate in the country. You know, it seems like there's a lot of stupid shit that we're talking about in terms of like, why am I choosing, you know, about don't say gay right. or trans, but you realize this is sort of where we're at. And more globally, if you think about, you know, Russia and you've got You've got people in Russia who are totally anti-gay, yep. right? Our fear for the gay community in the Ukraine, et cetera. Um, what are your thoughts about what's going on right now and where are we in the U.S.? Yeah, oh, that's a... It's a big that's one. A big, that's a big... But I figure Georgia Quality have an opinion. It's or at, so, least, it, at least Christian have an opinion. I do have so many opinions. Um, so I'll start, with, I'll start with where we are in the U.S. So with where we are in the U.S., I don't think that we can think on a national or global, um, I'm sorry, on an international or global scale until we first start recognizing the problems here that we, we have at home. Uh, where we are currently in the U.S., we're seeing a lot of anti-LGBTQ um, plus IA, all the letters, a lot of anti-gay, a lot of anti-gay legislation, not just in Georgia, but all over. We're, we're seeing the don't say gay bill that's, um, showing up in Florida and some other states. Um, we're also seeing, um, a lot of, um, anti-woman uh, legislation, the uh, abortion yeah. Um, bills that are that are hitting and it's almost like we've taken two steps forward to take five steps back right um so that's just where we are in the u.s then when you talk about a global scale especially what's going on with russia and ukraine I, and this is a controversial topic and i'm going to go there because i feel like this is the show that i can go there on um we definitely want to stand in solidarity with ukraine at the same time there was a lot of, there still is a lot of racism and homophobia that exists there. So when you talk about people trying to escape and get to Poland, there, there's been this, this uh, hierarchy of who gets to get on the train first. Mm -hmm. And people that look like me or identify as we do are not first on that train. So not only do we have things to tackle on a, on a, on a national level, but then we also have to look at a global and international level. Yeah, I have to say something about that, that um, two levels. So I've lived in Europe for several years and there is certainly a level of, of racism and homophobia because the people are so, you, you know, they're, they're all very the same. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happens when you have all the people being the same. 
I do think that in America, what I've struggled with is that this is sort of, I expect this backlash, right? Because people are scared. Yeah. There is a fear that has worked for years, actually for centuries, for eons, right? That has built up these countries that we know of today. And that fear was often based in the church and it often targeted people of color, women, and of course the queer community because we're, you know, we're the, the oddballs. But if I think about it, um, it's, it's so important. We are the most diverse peoples. We are beautifully diverse. And I get scared because the American pride that I still have pride for America. It's, she never been pretty. <laughs> she's never yeah. done it well. She's never been all the things she should be, but she's always been trying. And I look at where we're at and the fact that we're having this conversation. Um, and I'm so thankful we can have it. And I'm just hopeful that we're able to appreciate our diversity um, because that's the most beautiful thing America has. It really is. And if we can figure this shit out and get past the fact that gay rights are, that's not red or blue, that's yeah. just human rights. It's human rights. Right. And I agree with you. These are nonpartisan issues, right? Um, and that's, that's the one thing I will say I love about being gay. There's something of, of freedom that comes in with, despite what my color is, despite you know my socioeconomic um, upbringing, I can stand and say, this is, this is who I am, right? And that's super important. And, and that's why I feel like gay causes are leading the cause, right? We build, we build a lot of our rights um, now, like the legislation that we're currently building are built a lot around the, the um, activism that happened around gay rights. Um, and it's because something happened, something, something yeah. right was done. Yeah. Um, and also the thing, that, the thing that I think is super important that you brought up is that we are a young country. America is so she a baby. young. She's yeah, a baby yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Yes, so agreed. the fact that we are here now and, and not only that, but being a stage for the rest of the world to look at, I think we're making like huge strides. I agree with you. We I'm are. We are. And the reality though is a lot of the world is scared of us, yeah. right? Because if we, Canada, Austria, Australia, if these countries are able to unite under their uh, various diversities, and really enable and embolden people outside of fear, there's a great amount of creativity and goodness that can come from that that scares people who like to control. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, we're just on some light topics today, right. you know, just We're just hitting the little light points. But I, I love that we get to talk about these things because we are, we, we don't have fear talking about them. Tell me, um, Georgia Equality, I am a, I'm a young black lesbian. I am a, uh, an older trans male. I am a gay, white, 35-year-old man. I want to get involved. I want to help be a part of what's going to happen this year. And I want to mobilize myself to be sure I've done everything I can do towards um, the campaign for presidency again. What can I do? How can I engage? What what in my little world can I do that makes the most sense? Um, so uh, this is, this is, it, it's something that we've heard before, but it stands true. Uh, first and foremost, the first thing you can do is register to vote. That is where your power lies. Vote, vote, vote. And when I say vote, I don't just mean in the presidential elections, right? We, we hear voting and we immediately think, okay, well, I voted for president. Where change happens is on a local and a municipal level. Um, and this year in Georgia, we have um, primary elections coming up in May. 
Um, and then there's a major election happening in November. Um, so you need to be voting in May and November. What happens in May determines wh who's on the ballot in November. So it's super important um, for you to register to vote and then get out and vote. Can I ask a silly question? Yes. So if I, because I've done that, I've done that, um, you're going to think I'm just ashamed, <laughs> dolls. I, I really didn't exercise my right to vote very much until after the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. So when I went to go vote, I called my gay friends, like, who are we voting for? Okay. Now that was like not really doing my research. How can someone who doesn't have a lot of time, a lot of our dolls are working out there, they're working girls. How can they quickly get an idea? Does Georgia Equality provide any guidance? Like I would, I personally want to make the best gay vote I can. I'm being real. Yeah. How do I do that? Um, so that's super important. And yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Georgia Equality, uh, we are visible on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at least all the ones that matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you can visit us at, at Georgia Equality, um, at GA Equality on Instagram uh, and Twitter, and Georgia Equality on Facebook. We do do candidate forums. We talk about um, you know who's leading the cause and what. Um, and we are, and I mean this honestly, Although we have, I'll say, liberal-leaning policies, we are completely nonpartisan, meaning we're for the candidate that is for our community. And sometimes it looks like a Republican, sometimes it looks like a yeah. Democrat. Which it should. At the end of the As day, I've said, you know, I can't wait until we have a ton, yeah. a ton of gay Republicans because that will sort of normalize the fact that, hey, gay it's, is human rights. It's a human rights <laughs> issue, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so you said vote. Um, get informed, vote at all levels, right? Um, and, and another super important thing that you can do, and I think I urge everyone to do, especially if you're here in the state of Georgia, is visit my voter page. It's mvp.sos.ga.gov. That's mvp.sos.ga.gov. Okay. It's going to ask you to put in your first initial, your last name, and your birthday, and maybe your zip code. And it will give you everything that you need to know about your voting history, what districts you're in, who your elected officials are, all of these things. And it will also tell you if you are, in fact, registered. And I say this to say, in Georgia, so many people have been purged from the polls. And the reason being is, if in Georgia, you need to re-register to vote if you have recently moved, changed your name, obviously if you're soon to, soon to be 18, or if you have not voted in the last two election cycles. And this messes people up a lot, which they think the last two election cycles means I voted in the last presidential election. That's not true. The last two election cycles means the last two local elections, meaning if you didn't vote in the last municipal election, you very well could be removed from the, from the rolls. So it's important to check that uh, website again is the Secretary of State's website. It's mvp.sos.ga.gov. So that, uh, we'll make sure that that's available. We're going to do a little, uh, do a little iconography. <laughs> yeah, but I got to say, doll, so some of you are going to be super motivated to get on top of this, and some of you aren't. Those of you that are super motivated, go kick your friend's ass. Okay, go get them engaged because we have to vote as a as a group. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I don't know how you feel about this, but I kind of feel I'm playing a long game too. As we think about the elections that will happen for president in not too long, there's also an aspect of reaching out to those in your community that you feel like are on the edges that you know are on the edges. Yeah. So call it personally reaching across the line. We're often scared to have those conversations or in the middle of the pandemic, we just block those people, right? We, we, we became a divided America. That ain't okay because when we take our representation away from those people, we take our light away from them. 
And we are a beautiful light. So that's one other like sideline work that I think we can do in our own lives. You know who those people are in your life that might be on the edge, that are willing to have a conversation. And you know, there's nothing like someone gay looking at you in the face, really having a heart to heart to maybe make you think a little bit harder about voting against us. Yeah, Um, and I agree. And I also think another thing that kind of um, became synonymous with uh, or, or rose up at the same time as the pandemic is this cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's a thing, and yes, people say things. Sometimes they mean them. Sometimes they made mistakes. But unless we can openly have these conversations and correct people when they are wrong, they will never learn. Yep. Canceling them isn't the way to get things accomplished. <laughs> it really, really isn't. And so, it's, it's, it's a personal work. You have to basically decide that your politics are something you're going to personally, diligently pursue and help others with. Yeah. Um, so I thank you. I really, really appreciate your time. I really appreciate what your organization is doing for us in the community and what it's doing for the straight community, what it's doing for people of color, what it's doing for women through um, lifting up the lives of gay people. Um, so thank you so much. I'm excited to, uh, to see how the rest of the year goes and definitely work with you all through the future. Thank you. Hey, it's Zach. My personal friends Shelly and Gary Elliott are huge allies and supporters of the Gailey Dose. They're also the primo real estate agents in luxurious Hilton Head. Whether you're looking for a primary or investment home, they are the team for you. Check them out at Elliott.realestate. That's Elliott, two T's, two L's, or call them at 770-639-1174. That's 770-639-1174. Ringling dingling, I think someone called for Dr. Dose. All right, dolls. So for today's Dr. Dose, we are certainly going to ask Mr. Christian to become our doctor. Yes, sir. Welcome. You just got a degree (laughs) like that. (laughs) Let's listen to our caller. Hi, my name is Jordan, and I live in Savannah. I have a boyfriend that I've been with for almost seven years, and I was just recently diagnosed with AIDS. And my boyfriend and I have an understanding. Um, I didn't use protection and was backlogged on my meds, and I am absolutely crushed. I'm not sure how to tell them, and I'm really scared about our future. Do you guys have any advice that can help us? So it sounds like Jordan, number one, is dealing with some, some, I'll say self, self issues first. And I say issues, self-esteem problems, um, number one. Um, realizing, you know, that it's important to come to terms with this yourself. But it also sounds like um, Jordan and his partner have a, a great open communication. Um, and I think that, you know, they should, yeah. they should build off of that. What he's do you definitely think? scared. Yeah. I mean, he's scared and he's probably, I don't know. I, I know when I had a partner get a cancer diagnosis, that felt like death. And HIV AIDS still feels like it, even though we have great medication and development. So I think you're scared. I think you're probably feeling alone. Yeah. And he's probably scared that by admitting this to your partner that somehow that might not end well. Absolutely. Perhaps. Or crush, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think, um, you know, there's still a lot of stigma. That yeah. exists around HIV AIDS, even though we know that it's not a death sentence, this does exist. Um, you know, viewing being viewed differently by your partner uh, is, is scary. Yeah. So I definitely think the part, first part, I think one of the great fears in life is death, right? And we will all die at some point. That's just a reality. 
I think that that's certainly a first part is how do I deal with this disease and know and educate myself to know that this doesn't mean death now. Um, and it doesn't mean, it can mean nothing. I know one of my very good friends has, is 70 some years old and has it for years and never has had an issue in terms of having a vibrant, wonderful life. So there's some learning and education that he could do there. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely an opportunity for Jordan to not only educate his partner, um, but the people around him in his community. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that communication is key. So I would urge that Jordan communicate with his partner, um, love himself, and educate. Yeah. Educate the community. Use this as an opportunity to educate. You know, there's a, a, a another thought I had was, for him looking at his partner, you know, there's probably a fear, Jordan, that by being honest, maybe you're scared that you would lose this person, right? But if you're not honest, he can't love you. Like if he doesn't know you, how is he going to love you? you? And you know, you're not going to get through it. You're just going to have to trust the process. You know, this is what has happened now. And now you, you reveal yourself to him. Yeah. And just know that your happiness isn't dependent on him. Ultimately, your happiness is dependent on you and how you're going to proceed with this, uh, this new part of your life. This new part of your life. Agree. So, I, you know, I think we can say that, Jordan, um, love yourself. Love yourself. Communicate with your partner. But whatever the outcome, you are your rock. Love yourself. Um, and everything will be okay. It'll work out. Great advice. Great advice. Dolls everywhere unite. It's the call to Kiki. All right, dolls. So for this week's call to Kiki, we're going to ask you to plug into your friends and do a few things to make sure that you're involved with Georgia and politics, whether it's here in this state or any other. To get ready for that list, we're going to actually have Christian repeat what we said you children need to do. Step number one, register to vote. Step number two, vote on all levels, not just the presidential, but the municipal level as well. And finally, visit my voter page, that's mvp.sos.ga.gov to find out who your elected officials are. That sounds like a great plan. And I will say, dolls, remember, if you are the lead doll in your doll group, make sure to take the initiative to make sure everyone in your group is getting engaged and getting involved. I'll remind you that our Call to Kiki is brought to you by Atlanta Black Pride. Atlanta Black Pride is providing a space for you when you're gay, black, or otherwise. Remember to check them out at atlantablackpride.org. Thank you so much, Christian, for being with us today. It was delightful. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And dolls, we remind you to love yourself, love others, and don't forget to smile. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in, doll. Email us at feedback at thegailydose.com your thoughts on this episode or DM us on any of our social media platforms at The Gailey Dose Pod. Remember, we'd love to hear from you on Dr. Dose, 323-673-1474. Thanks, loves. <laughs> <laughs>